I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, December 20, 2018. You're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spiders, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. And it was another wide-ranging, wild day around the markets today. No different than yesterday. It's no different than any other day of late. What we're really going to do is hone in and focus on the main thing that's important is where and when are we looking for a low. We can't really focus on the stocks because everything is going to be dependent, just like we discussed last night. Everything is dependent on when the major markets find a low. The S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ. The IWM, they're all going to find a low around the same time. They're all going to reverse together. That's the way the market works. In order for us to pick off stocks at certain prices, we really have to see the market find the bottom first, especially in an environment like this. When we're going through a 3 to 5% correction, that's different. That's not the same environment as we're in now. We're in a position, just like we've been discussing for the last couple of days, we're in a position where the market can have the fall through of the trap door. It's on the precipice. It can save itself, but you can see what we're doing is going from number to number, but we're going there very, very rapidly. We'll talk through all the details in a moment. Let me first pause, thank everybody for continuing to participate, make comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction. Please keep up the great work. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and also share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. We'll start at the end result. The markets were down. That's the obvious, Captain Obvious, but they weren't really down at the end of the day terribly. They were down, they were down a lot more earlier, but we're not going to make a whole lot out of that just yet. We really have to look much, much deeper under the hood. Remember, we're looking for a low, we're in the time zone where we're looking for a low, but that time zone can extend for a few more days, for several more days, into, let's just say for argument's sake, mid-next week. So between now and mid-next week, we should find a low. The problem is we don't know the price that the low is going to come in at. Nobody does. The low could come in a whole lot lower than from where we are now. It doesn't have to. It may have come in today. We don't know yet. Those are the facts. We need to take it one step at a time, one candlestick at a time. What we no longer need, just so we can try and clean up the chart a little bit, is the 253.34. It's done. It's over. Likely that area, that general area, will be support on the way back up. But we're not going up right now. We're going in the other direction. However, if we do reverse, you'll know that that area likely will be resistance on the way back up. So that area is likely to be resistance. Look what happened here on this candle. Same thing. So when you look at the daily chart, you can see the market telling you three times that that general price zone is important. Now today, next price up on the docket was 246.31, so we hit that price today. What I want to do is I want to look a little bit deeper under the hood into the intraday charts. Let's take a look at exactly what happened around that price. 
Here's the hourly chart. So we have a nice little tail candle. So intra-hour, we spike through the level. And on this chart, it doesn't look like we spike through it by all that much. But that's almost a $2 spike. It's almost 20 S&P handles. And the funny part, it's not so funny if you're on the other side. But the funny part about it is that these moves are coming in chunks. What normally is like a one-point move could be like eight or ten points in a matter of seconds. It's really, really nuts when the volatility expands. What you're seeing on the screen, if you're on a trading platform, what you're seeing is not the price in real time. The market is moving so fast. By the time the price shows up on your screen, it already happened, and it's a long time ago as compared to the norm. And I'm not meaning it was yesterday. I'm just meaning it could have been like 15 seconds ago. That's not the case all day, but that does happen from time to time. And don't quote me on the amount of time. It just feels like a long time. But what do we have? So we have a tail candle, and we have somewhat of a retracement and a retest of 246.31, We'll call it two times. The next candle didn't quite get there, but the following candle got a little bit lower and then bounced right back. We're not calling this a low. We're looking at it for what it is on the hourly chart. It's something that a trader could trade against that low. So an intraday trader that was looking to take a trade at an important price level would have done so around the 246 level. They may have waited for it to spike through a little bit, knowing that when the market trades fast and furious, we have a tendency to spike through these price levels by quite a bit. When you go down to a 10-minute chart, here's what you see. You see the SPY consolidating over that 246.31 level for quite a while. That's something that's discussed in detail in both my courses, as a matter of fact. Even when you go back to the hourly chart, you can see if you have in mind the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate. They come close, they rally away. They come close, they rally away. Then they spike through it and they bounce right back. So you can see there are certainly traders out there somewhere in here. In fact, let's go back to a 10-minute chart. We'll have a sidebar conversation. Somewhere in here, there were a lot of stop orders. Now, I don't know exactly what price they were, and I'm talking about the S&P futures primarily. I'm really looking at the futures when I have this conversation with myself. And what happens is, and remember, my mind is a dangerous place to be. You're getting a little bit inside right now. Not too deep, but a little bit. A lot of traders will short a break of a market, whether it's a stock or whatever it is, a chart. It doesn't matter. They short a break, and then all of a sudden, the market tends to rip back in the other direction. Why do they continue to do that is beyond me, but for whatever reason, they're taught to do that. Short a break of a low. But when you look at the charts, and you look deep at the charts, and don't take my word for it, look at any time frame, look at an hourly chart, look at a 10-minute chart, look at a daily chart, I don't care. Look at any chart you like, any stock, any commodity, any chart you like, and just start looking at lows and then seeing what happens when the market tests a low for the first or second time. Does it test it? Does it break it by a little bit? Go find out for yourself what typically happens the majority of the time. Of course, lows are broken and the market goes down. I understand all that. I'm saying the majority of the time under normal conditions. Right now, we're not in normal conditions. I'm just speaking in general terms under normal conditions. And this was a case in point. It happens to be 
where at some price stops are triggered and the market dips down a little bit further really really fast so on one hand you have traders investors whoever getting out of positions because stops are triggered you have another group of traders who are looking to short a break of a low and keep in mind these groups both of them are the average everyday you and I type investor these are not the pros so both these individual groups combined create the condition where we get this quick little flush down now, everything's relative a $30 stock might flush down 30 40 50 cents today the S&P might flush down 10 15 20 points in a case like this but when you see the market reverse back up what's really going on there is the institutions are picking up where the liquidity is liquidity is available shares available contracts they're taking them from the everyday trader and then when the market reverses the shorts have to cover which sends the market up another leg there's also a couple of symmetrical moves in here for you traders that have taken the course at lazy e-mini trader know what I'm looking at and also you can see the importance of somewhere in the vicinity of this 246 31 level maybe it's a quarter or 50 cents higher or lower it doesn't really matter it's this general area that you can see the market found importance at today back to the hourly chart is this a bottom the straight-up answer is we don't know yet you take out this low from today and the answer is no on an hourly close it holds and the answer is yes but we don't know yet this could put in another bearish pattern and take another leg lower we can also wake up tomorrow Friday morning to a gap up you can wake up to a gap down anything goes we don't know exactly where the low is yet we just know we're in the zone so we're looking for the low and listen I know I get a lot of comments about different indicators different this different that and all the things that you all are looking at out there I get the whole thing the reality is I don't know of a better way than exactly how I describe and teach it and rest assured there are very few if any indicators strategies tactics all that stuff there's very few if any that I haven't seen or don't know about if I don't discuss it it's because I don't use it and if I don't use it it's because I don't like it if I don't like it it's because I can't make money with it it's that simple in situations like this it's also important and helpful to go to other types of time frames that we might not look at on a regular basis here's a 120 chart this is a two-hour chart what's that telling us that's a nice tail candle it's actually better looking than the hourly tail candle so now I have a larger time frame that actually looks more like a low than even the hourly time frame looked like so that's a positive it's a puzzle piece it goes on the table garden variety retracement so far the market is trading technically sound how about a 180 time frame not many use this one but it's relevant I don't love this chart but we have to look at it it's a tail candle it's similar to the hourly chart it's not as good as the 120 we have to know about it nonetheless the 240 chart basically half a day's trading activity not bad looks similar to the 120 so we're starting to see somewhat of a pattern emerge some of them look better than others but they're all kind of headed in the same direction here's a 480 minute chart looks very similar to a daily chart it normally does 
Here's the daily chart. And this doesn't look as good as a couple of the others. So we have some conflicting data. There's nothing conclusive whatsoever on this chart. We have a couple of charts intraday that are making an effort to put in a bottom, but we have not found a definitive bottom yet. At least I can't say that we have. Just because we have to look at both sides, we're looking for a low, but we have to be aware that the low could come in a lot lower than where we are. I'm not intending to scare anybody, but you must be aware of the possibilities. I just want to read you what I wrote this morning in my morning note. This goes out to the traders that get my morning note along with the S&P E-mini futures support and resistance price levels. Markets are in search of a bottom. We're in the time zone, but it could take another few days. As discussed in last night's video, the market is staring down the hatch of the trap door. It needs to either fix itself, start a rally by closing hourly above 2520 at a minimum, you can translate that to the S&P 500 or the spider chart. It's a multiple of 10 for the most part. I go on to say lower prices could be eminent. Now, eminent doesn't necessarily mean the next 10 minutes. Eminent means within days. Please use caution of trading in highly volatile markets. This goes for everybody. Stops have to be very wide. We just discussed this because the market swings are not tolerable by most traders at least not with their normal position size. And targets will be spiked through by points rather than ticks as price swings remain excessive. There's no soft way to say this. Don't do anything stupid. If you're participating, you do so with risk capital and an understanding of where you're wrong. They didn't open the trap door today. I still think it's important to be reminded. From a longer term perspective, we're looking for a trend change but don't jump the gun. There will be many attempts at many prices to put in a low. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to read this. We don't really know where it's going to come in. That's the reality. It could be any day, any time. That's just the reality of way this works. Then I go on to say the numbers this morning are wide for obvious reasons. If the ES sells early in the day, look for a break of the overnight lows and a test of at least 24.50. Here's the hourly chart, S&P E-mini futures contract. Made a low at 24.41. You just never know where exactly it's going to stop in an environment like this. It's pretty remarkable. You know how I love the IWM. It's my favorite market leading indicator. It's been getting absolutely crushed, hammered, taken out behind the woodshed. I don't even have words to describe what's happened to the IWM. But we're looking at the hourly chart and this doesn't necessarily look the same as some of the stuff we just looked at. So I wanted to point it out because it's really just another bearish pattern. So we do have to be careful when the IWM isn't leading to the upside. We have to be careful. The IWM finished down 1.2% today. The spider was down less of a percentage. So the IWM is actually leading on the downside. That's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. There's no point in looking at the daily chart, but here's the weekly, and it looks the same. I mean, if I go over to the daily chart and squeeze it together, it's going to look exactly like this. And here's that gap, and that gap is right here, and we're close to that gap. I have to think we're going to fill that gap at 127 and change, give or take. I think it's 127.36. And if that doesn't hold, if that gap doesn't hold, and we've been here before when I discuss these type of gaps... If they don't hold and the market doesn't bounce off that gap 
and they start digging down into that candle right here, that's not a positive. That's going to mean, at least in my book, that there's a fair chance that they're going to want to get below 120. That's ugly. Like I've been saying, the market needs to make a stand right here, right now. I know I sound like a broken record with this, but this is the rubber band scenario where the, the more you stretch it and stretch it and stretch it, eventually it has to break or snap back. There are no alternatives. We're in that zone right now. Again, it's not meant to scare anybody. It's meant to make you realize we're not hanging around here. I want to go over to the VIX for a moment. There's been some crosstalk about some a little bit of unusual business going on with the VIX. It seems like it should be higher, and it's not. This is the weekly chart, and it is in an uptrend. And we look at the daily chart, it looks the flipped-over version of the spiders. You can't see anything because we're at the top of the chart. So we go back to the weekly chart, and you can see here that either we're going to have an explosion to the upside, or... It's not confirming a breakdown in the market. Again, we don't know yet. It's really telling us the same thing that the S&P 500 is telling us. It's at a critical area, and unfortunately, we just don't know. We do know it's not going to stay here. So there's another move coming imminent. Transports, same story. They have to make a stand right here, right now. We're into the 200-week moving average. All of this area right here is support normally will be support and if this doesn't hold the next logical area of support is all the way down here at just call it 8000 for argument's sake that's 10% this is where they have to make a stand all the markets are in the same spot some look worse than others but they're all in the same spot in terms of they have to make a stand the queues same routine all the same market you go over to the weekly chart and you see what we're up against it looks like the market has to just fall into one of these areas and reverse. It doesn't have to happen, but we do have to put in a reversal, and that's what we're waiting on. Where's it going to come in? It's either going to come in at the February lows, which were tested today. They were not breached. They were not spiked through. They were missed by a few cents. It is exactly 150 on low 13, and today's low was 150. 39 was that it was that the low well if it was they got a funny way of showing it we have decent volume but we don't have capitulation volume when you go to the spider chart for example and you look at the volume it's 245 246 almost 247 actually pardon me and the volume here was 274 it's possible i'm looking for more just calling it the way i see it balls and strikes how about a curveball how about bitcoin anybody paying attention to Bitcoin, I was. That's a reversal. That's a recapture. That's a weekly chart. That's all kinds of stuff going on. If you close above, let's just say this high here, 41.86 spot 66, that could send Bitcoin up a whole nother leg higher. I'm not saying it will. I'm not a Bitcoin bug. I'm just saying I'm watching. We're into a pretty decent amount of resistance right here. So we would have to close above this pivot right here which is 4405 uh, in fact check this out i'm actually going to show you a mistake i almost made caught myself and then realized something interesting we'll see what happens so let's say not let's say but tomorrow is the weekly close 
Now, let's go back to the weekly chart for a second. So the weekly number I was talking about was the high of 4186.66. Now, interestingly enough, that's the number that we tested today. So it's going to be interesting to see where we close the week because we can close the week above a weekly important number, but below a daily important number, I would still take that as a positive. It has nothing to do with whether I like or don't like or you do like or don't like Bitcoin. It has nothing to do with Bitcoin at all. We're just looking at a chart and I'm telling you what I'm seeing as another phenomenon about where we tested today happened to be an important weekly number. The market was rejected, but doesn't look too bad. It's still somewhat bullish, right? Buoyancy, if you will. So I think we just need to watch it into the weekly close and we'll leave it at that. I don't talk about Bitcoin hardly at all. Maybe have only done it once or twice before. How about the XLF? So the daily chart... The candle, you kind of want to make an excuse that it's a pseudo-doji candle. I'm not necessarily buying the story. It certainly doesn't have the type of bottom I'm looking for in terms of volume. So I'm just going to let the S&P 500, the Dow, and the Qs give me the whole story. And, of course, the IWM as well. But on the positive side, they weren't down that much. 14 cents, a little more than one half of 1% on the XLF. Not a terrible showing for the financials. If the market's going to get killed, the financials are going to get killed. They weren't giving you that impression today. Doesn't mean it can't happen tomorrow. It's just not giving us that impression today on the chart. Today on the chart, they were fighting the lows. When you look at the weekly chart, you see how close we are to the 200-week moving average right below $23. Tomorrow's Friday. It's 50 cents away. I mean, come on. I'm not suggesting you buy it there. I'm just suggesting, wouldn't you think it's going to get there? The SMH wasn't a terrible day for the SMH either. This is the exchange-traded product that tracks the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. It came down to an important level around 83, came up just short of it, didn't finish great, bounced off of it a little bit. We go down to a shorter time frame. First, we'll look at the daily. You can see the daily chart looks like all the rest, nothing great. Uh, the hourly chart has the similar or same type of tail candle that we've been seeing over and over, but this doesn't tell us it's a bottom. It just tells us it's a tail candle. That's it. You'll get short covering with a bottom and that'll look in the upward direction like it looked on the way down. Panic selling, panic buying on the way up. Gold look bullish. I was stingy on the price of gold, looking for 1230, nowhere near. Gold went in the opposite direction, right into the 200-day moving average, and that's where it took a pause for the day. Here's a weekly chart. What's it telling us? What's the common sense thing that jumps off the chart when you look at gold on a weekly chart? Forget the fact that it's weekly. Even assume for a second it's a 10-minute chart. What difference does it make? Does it look like... This chart wants to run up into those moving averages. So let's just say somewhere around 1275 to 1300 is where gold looks like it wants to head. And guess what? That's where it's heading. Forget 75. I should have used a higher number. It's at least 85 to 1300. That's where it's headed. Since it's been going up while the market's been going down, will it continue to do so? Does this mean or is it indicative? 
that if gold continues to rise into the convergence of those moving averages, that the stock market will be falling at the same time. I don't correlate markets. You know that. I treat each chart and each market independent of one another, but I'm bringing it forward because I understand what everybody's thinking. Crude oil, nothing going on in crude oil. It looks like it wants to get to that next number down, which is right around 45 a little bit below $45 a barrel. Not to say it can't go lower than that, but that should be another area of support for crude oil. They generally work, but they haven't worked for long term of late. They've been temporary bottoms. Certainly the tops have been a much better trade. And with that, I'm out of wind. I'm David Frost. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Remember, anything goes, keep it safe out there. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.